Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Aussie Rugby Show in podcast form. If you're new to the setup, you can stay on top of and be a part of what's happening with the show simply by following Rugby Pass and the Aussie Rugby Show on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And bit of a language warning in this week's episode. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Aussie Rugby Show brought to you by Extra Hop. Stops breaches 84% faster. Drew Mitchell, Stephen Hoyle, Sean Maloney. We have picked a beautiful spot for this week's show. Does it get any better? The Manly Beach at twilight. We're at the home, the unofficial home of the Manly Savers Club who play in the Meldrum Cup and are flying at the moment. Finished the season unbeaten. They've got finals this week. Great club, great people as well. Benny Bangers, Wooten, it's Bridge, a, it's a Northern Beaches Guru, State, Freddie Latu, Jimsy, <laughs> man, I could go on night. It's probably the only club I haven't played for on the Northern Beaches, but great club, go the Savers. I didn't play for the Manly Savers rugby team, but growing up, I was actually a Manly Nipper here. Were you? Yeah, Were here you? With a little blue cap. Yeah, I was right. a little Manly Nipper. Father was working up at uh, North Head, the artillery. Yeah, 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 yeah. For a couple of years. You would have been but, a um, sand specialist. Look, I, I, was, I was all over the flags, all yeah. over the beach sprints, but didn't do anything in the water because I was terrified of it. I was like, nah. Not blue bottles, so. dramas. Blue bottles, waves. Wow, is this spring day? Well, yeah. well, also Michael Hooper learned to yeah. run quick yeah. on this same beach. Yeah. Look at that. I yeah. did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Cool story, Hansel. Bit of a fast Pretty switch fun. beach out here, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to what got you from over the weekend. Uh, I'm going to start. Uh, Tupuva'ai, uh, his All Blacks announcement and the beautiful announcement he had to his family yeah. and the reaction that they had got me thinking. I wanted to know what that was like for you guys when, when you knew you were going to be a wallaby. <laughs> um, look, you don't get to choose what you're doing at the time that you get the call. Uh, and for me, it was in 2004. Um, it was, I, I didn't think it was likely, to be honest. And I just finished uh, playing for um, University of Queensland, the Red Heavies in first grade. And I was actually dressed as uh, Austin Powers on a, um, <laughs> on a Mad Monday. And I had I got this phone call and I didn't know like the number. Obviously, it was Eddie Jones. and. I had to take my, my, my fake teeth out so I could see too. And I was like, you know, I was hell-bent that day going, yeah, baby, do I make you horny? Imagine how I said that to Eddie, because thinking, you know, like, you just don't, weren't expecting the call, but he said, oh, look, you know, true, it's uh, Eddie James, mate. You've, you've made the tour squad. Like, you're going to go. You're, you're part of the Wallaby squad. And, I'm like, and then, uh, you know, and then, of course, he then says, but it's not going to get announced until Wednesday, mm. so keep it to yourself. Don't tell anyone. I was like, can I tell my parents? He's like, yes, you can tell your parents, mate, but don't tell anyone else. I'm like, all right, great. But then I just sort of put my teeth back in and went back into this first grade. And I go, well, because some people were sort of saying you're going to get the call, whatever. Yeah. And they were like, you kind of had a half idea, I was like, no, it wasn't the call. <laughs> Straight back on. That's the worst part about it. I was the, the exact same day as you because yeah. it was the same tour. It was. September 20, 2004. It was my girlfriend's 21st. Wow. She just oh, right. his wedding day. Yeah. 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 The best and worst part of it is that you feel as though you kind of got told that you're a chance, so you're a nervous wreck. Yeah. Mm. Every time your phone rings, if it's a private number, your heart jumps a beat. And yeah, again, getting told that you couldn't tell anyone. I almost didn't really get to savour the moment because I was paranoid about people finding out. Of course, told mum and dad and the girlfriend at the time, which is now my wife, but 
I then couldn't tell anyone else, but that next night something came out in the paper, the day before it got announced, and I remember just being so nervous that I didn't want to be this leak that announced that I was in the Wallaby squad. Yeah. But um, there's probably more chance that I was going to tell someone that <laughs> day than yeah. you were. Yeah, but your Mad Monday was the week before. You were still dressed as Austin Powers. You were a week late. That was. What was I reckon it was Alan Hoyles who leaked you. <laughs> <laughs> getting you, getting you square. Hold out. Hold out. me a few. What got me was uh, the North vs South uh, game oh. across the Dutch, and uh, just a oh. great showpiece and and two teams that were stacked with depth, uh, both experienced but also up and coming. Obviously with the. The, the all-back announcement sort of indicated that, but the way it finished, I look. I was going for the North, King of the North, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I must admit, I, I don't know why I had to duck out, and I left five minutes before the end. Thought it was done. I thought we're, we're, we're done. We're yeah. home. Yeah. And then I, I get on the socials later, and all these guys in white jerseys are celebrating. I was like, "What's going on here?" So uh, yeah, another epic finish. But um, I made sure I went back and watched it. But so it's two great games. Uh, yeah, good, two great teams. Good concept. I wonder if they'll, if they'll try and fit that into the calendar next year. Yeah. I think they nice. should. It's just a yeah. showpiece that people just want to see, yeah. um, you know, two teams that encapsulate the entire country so you can get around one team or the other. And I think uh, if they don't go with an Australian-New Zealand Super Rugby, they'll definitely be able to fit that in. If they mm. do, yeah. who knows. Uh, what got me? I was... Mm. What got me? Well, I felt a little bit for Gordon on the weekend. They did beat Ramwick and they remain Shoot Shield uh, favourites by Country Mile. They lost two tight head props though, which is always oh, tough. Yeah. So one snapped his Achilles, the replacement came on, last play of the game, he did his ACL. So uh, two tough injuries. Might, might see him in hospital tomorrow. <laughs> you get the operation, get, get the little clean out, yeah? yeah from the Knee kids' boy. clinic. That's what happens to yeah. doing, <laughs> giving back to the classic Wallabies. Kids' <laughs> clinic, operation. How oh, good. Okay, Super Rugby, Rocks and Diamonds. What you liked, what you didn't like from across the weekend. Stephen Hoyles, you go first. I've only really got uh, diamonds this weekend, Lou. Like, mm. I don't think it was anything too bad. I watched a variety of footy. You got the North-South yeah. game. You saw club rugby in Sydney, Brisbane, Canberra. I thought the, the, the Super Rugby was a pretty good finish. Like it, the, the Rebels needed to win by four. I thought they probably should have won by more. Like yeah. Yeah, they, they, they just made it. Um, it would have been nice to see the Force get a win. I thought they probably deserved it. But I thought all up, it was a good weekend of footy. No rocks for me, Lou. Yeah, I think for me, in some ways the same. The diamond being that the Rebels did enough to get through. They, only, they knew they had to win by four to, to um, push through to this week's playoffs. But uh, again, they probably should have done it easier than they, they did. Oh, but leave Malone, Drew. No, mate, <laughs> I'm all in the Rebels. I'm actually wearing my Rebels Curry Club shirt. <laughs> presented by Billy Meeks and uh, yeah, I remember that. all the boys just yeah. when I went down there to Melbourne. So I'm all in the Rebels. Okay. You're, you're not, mate. You're not. Uh, as far what as you're concerned, you're coming out the back end of our after our curry <laughs> night, mate. We just don't want to anything to do with you. But um, was there a catch? Was there a good catchphrase from that night? Second to none. Uh, second to none. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> second to none. Yeah, I was. Um, Nanye West? No, I, <laughs> I, I, I stole that from one of the boys. I can't remember who it was, but one of the boys. They all had their little. Uh, um, Curry Club nicknames, but yeah, I just thought sometimes you can get a little bit carried away with just. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Knowing how much you need to win by and, and just concentrating on that rather than going out there and doing the process. Look, it wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. And we've seen the Rebels too often in the last few years 
put themselves in a position yeah. to go on to the playoffs mm. and fail. So it was nice to see them go through and, and they'll, they'll be playing against the Reds this weekend. I reckon the Reds now are the favourites. Oh, they look good. Super yeah, 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 they're, they're my diamond. That, do you know what? Yeah. That was a fantastic game of footy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Reds Premier's yeah. game. High so quality. much ball in play. Great endeavour. No one... No one's slowing it down, yeah. not too much aimless kicking. It was good fun. To Here's watch. a question for you, though. I really enjoyed so the that Reds game. Will, they're saying maybe 25,000 yeah. there this yeah, weekend if they get, get that. Yeah. Um, do you think that's that's great for the Reds? Obviously, the Rebels have been away for 12 weeks. Do you think that's a bit of pressure that the Reds play? It's a big challenge for them to see yeah. how they handle this. They're a young side. They've I been, think they'll ride it. Yeah, but at the moment, they're getting it. all these pats on the back. Mm. Will they be able to cope yeah, with it? Okay. I, I see where you're yeah. coming from. I, I think that's probably something that Brad Dawn would be pretty, yeah. you know, he'll be on top of that, just making sure that they don't, they're not listening to yeah. the pundits, they're not listening to the press and all the all the backstappers around, because that's what happens when you when you start going well, all of a sudden you get more texts on your phone after yeah. a game, more people reaching out and uh, more people turning up to your games. And, um, more ticket I'm, requests from <laughs> yeah, friends exactly and family. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. So I, I think he'd be pretty focused on making sure the guys remain focused yeah. on their job rather than uh, all this other peripheral stuff. Well, what my diamond have? sort of runs off the back of that. Uh, Jock Campbell from the Reds. Shock Campbell. He is, yes, Shock Campbell, Shock. that's what you named him. He's going so well. But made me think about, we're talking about pathways in Australian rugby and how we want to see more of the clear pathways sort of coming through. We covered NRC. Uh, back in the day, we are up in Townsville, Jock yep. Campbell playing for Queensland Country. 2018, I reckon Country. that was. 2017, 2018. 2018, yeah. 2018. I know the game you're talking and about. And he just had a cracking, cracking game. I interviewed him at the time. I thought, you know what, this is a nice kid. This is a nice guy. And just, it's great to see him doing really well in this young Reds team. And the mm. play was so creative on the weekend at different times. Really nice to watch. He's gone yep. to his preferred position of 15, 15 as well. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard as a young guy when you're in a new to a super rugby side. You probably came through as a 15, but you spent yep. the majority of time on the wing so a lot of people just assume that you're a winger you need a lucky break for that position to open up and he's done really well since he's been put in that number 15 jersey also i think the back three at the reds have got a nice sort of balance oh, they've got yeah. Guna who's just like he's lightning but he's yeah. got great footwork he's you know and he Good goes looking for it far away saw on the other edge he's like one of those more sort of powerful block busting wingers that does you know like he's, de- he's he just does damage and yeah. then you've got jock campbell who's a bit more measured Sees things really well. His decision making is really good. His kicking is really good. So I think they've got a, a nice little mix. Such a good point you make. Actually, that's such a good point you made too, Lou, as well. Because if there was one team that didn't take the piss through NRC, it was Queensland. Was yes, there. and Brad Thorne. Yeah, Brad Thorne was yep. the coach. And Brisbane City. Now all these years that. on, yeah. he's getting that collect because they've got that synergy of players, those young guys. He's got a bit of... Think about it's that. A, yeah. It's a big rap and he's not there yet, but he's got a bit of Damien McKenzie about him. He's got a yep. ball playing ability and that's where you saw the difference. Because of his size, he's had, he's had to find a way to create opportunities and yeah. he does it through his brain and his skill rather than his size. It's a really interesting point just about the, the Brad Thorne sort of Queensland country into red stuff. You're talking yep. about Taniella Tupo was There's in heaps. that side. There's yeah. so many. Hopkins, oh. yeah. left. The heaps of them. I know. You saw the side that did take it seriously. It was Queensland. PG. Yeah, and it was uh, the Vikings through yep. Canberra. So you saw it develop into the Brumbies footy over the last couple of years and you saw Queensland yep. develop. It's actually been the Sydney sides because they spread themselves too yeah. thin. Sydney and Melbourne. Of course, all the sides that yeah. could focus on a couple of sides mm. as well, whereas the, it didn't benefit the Waratahs one bit because they spread them out too far. Yeah, it's so true. Well, the big stories from the week. I've got to talk about uh, the story with the Western Force potentially leaving Australian rugby and going to play in Super Rugby Aotearoa. Uh, it, I guess considering the Force's history, Hoylesey, do they have a right to look at these options and potentially turn their back? Oh, I think they've got the right to do it. They, they need to do what's best for Western Force Rugby. I don't think it'll end up with them playing in the New Zealand competition without any other Australian I will sides. walk backwards. <laughs> 
from sitting to Perth naked if the Western <laughs> Force front up wow. in Super Rugby A2 roll. So there's something that without, without any other Aussie teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Without any other yeah, Aussie yeah, teams. I really hope for a lot of people's sake that that doesn't happen. <laughs> then. So I, I can't see it happening. I, I, part of me thinks it's a bit of uh, gamesmanship by the Force in terms of just trying to field a couple of offers. Mm. Like, we all have said we'd like yeah. to see them back in the Australian competition. We just don't know what that competition looks like at the moment. So it's probably their their right to go and see what their other of options course, are. Yeah, of course they've got every right to explore other options, but in, it, at the same time, they're asking and expecting Rugby Australia to do what's best for Western Force and the Western Australian rugby at the moment, but then at the same time they're saying, we're not going to do what's best by Australian rugby, we're going to do what's best for us, you know? So you kind of can't have your cake and eat it as well. Like if, if you want to be in Australian rugby and you want them to do the best by you, then it's got to but be But they didn't do the right? best by them a couple of yeah. years ago. I, I, well, it's, it's, I mean, but at that point, like, there might not be a rugby Australia at this point if they had to keep going and keep having to fund Western yeah. Force rugby and fund Melbourne rugby at the same time. So, I mean, it, the, the, the thing about it, it's a bigger picture. And at the, at the time, the bigger picture was rugby Australia. Mm. And unfortunately for Western Force, they weren't able to be involved in, in that. And I, I just think they still got their nose out of joint a little bit. And they're just more sort of saying, you know, like putting these sort of... Um, I don't know, almost stoking the fire a little yeah. bit. I can't see. But there's them no going guarantees. Like, the time zone really I mean, challenges the New Zealand. No, zone as well. here in our comp, like they'd be yeah. 0 and 18 over there. Like, yeah, you know, like it's just not going to happen. No matter what competition they go to, they've got to work hard to get some yeah. good quality Australians back in their side. There's a fair few overseas, but they've got to do that soon because if they go another season like they did. It was gallant what they did. They were late to prepare, yeah. but they lost every game. They got close on a couple, but they I, need I to think, be better next year. I think knowing for them knowing what next year looks like. Yep. Having a bit more time, they've just signed Tom Robertson from the uh, the, the Waratahs. So it, this year, um, you know, I guess calling it as it is, they didn't have a huge amount of time to put a team together. They did put a, a team together given the, the short period of time they had. Mm. Um, they need to know sooner rather than later so they can start, uh, you know, like shopping around and seeing yeah. who's available because they need to put out a better team than what they did this year. Back to your time zone situation, they would potentially base themselves over there. Yeah, again, that's that hub really over there, which is a massive ask. Yeah, you've just asked them to be away from. Yeah. from but are you really like a Western Force, you know? Yeah. Like if you're just always willing to just be hubbed somewhere around the world just to play footy. Like I hope they stay. I hope COVID goes out the back door. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? I'm, I'm you're not, not a fan of this COVID. I've got my date set. <laughs> and I hope we get a situation where we get fans back yeah. to Perth and they're playing yeah. meaningful, not to yeah. take anything away from Rapid Rugby, yeah. but more meaningful games, more spite-filled games against the Waratahs yeah. in front of yeah. big crowds over oh, there. Because really great rugby I people. really do feel for you on this COVID thing. Like, you've lost your <laughs> platinum status with Qantas. Like, that's been a real bugbear. You spent <laughs> so five years chasing that and you've lost it. Like, Surely that's frozen for you. I hope it's frozen. I hope it's frozen. He will make some complaints. You need those Perth showers. Did I ever talk about the time Kneeboy collapsed in the shower in the Perth Lounge? Tried to do the overnight and did it. Legit. He tried to do the full overnight. A collapse in the shower in the Perth Lounge. Kneeboy. Classic Kneeboy. Not for the faint-hearted. Misty's flight. Last week we talked about the idea of South Africa going up to play in the Eight Nations tournament. Where that are they seems, this week, Luke? Well, that's, <laughs> apparently they're back with us now. Are they? Yeah, I know, those damn reports. Yeah. Um, but no, the, so now uh, that's not happening. South Africa will come back here. Georgia are going to play in the Eight Nations. Yep. That's nice. that's this week's that's uh, news. So that's great for Georgia. We spoke about them a little bit last yeah, I mean, week. They, they've been wanting to get into the Six Nations for years and they've almost even, you know, they've suggested let's have a, a playoff. The, the, yeah, whoever yeah. comes last in the Six Nations plays off against uh, the winner of the second tier Six Nations because Georgia have won that, you know, like in a canter for years now. Well, that was the big push with the World Rugby, the top 10, was that teams like Georgia were going to force in Italy yeah. or perhaps yeah. in Scotland out of the and top 10. I just know, like, Mamuka Gogodzi, he was, like, <laughs> 
chomping it. Like, he'll come out of retirement, honestly. You think? Yeah. He will? Well, I mean, he'd be wanting to. I don't know what sort of shape he's in, but he was always wanting the opportunity yeah. to go up there because I know there was also some chat from the Sergio Parises, who was, you know, captain of Italy at the time, saying, no, like, you know, like, sort of almost scoffing at it because he knew down, there was probably yeah. a chance yeah. if, if mm. there was a game that George would really sort of step up for it. So it's almost like let's not give them the opportunity in case, mm. you know, in case it blows up in our face. But well, now I think if Georgia starts getting exposure to these types of teams more regularly, They'll show that they actually they wouldn't be out of place, you know. Like if they if they go through this one and, and end up on top of Italy, then you know, like it's almost like there's the argument. Yeah, a huge amount of them, mainly in their forwards, are playing in top tier comps throughout UK and, yeah. and Europe as well. So now you just need to get those nine, tens, fifteens yeah, playing see, regularly. In, in France, there's thirty registered uh, professional props, Georgian props, in the top yeah. fourteen. Oh, sorry, not just the top fourteen in the French uh, yeah, competitions, right. so Pro and, mm. and Federal One. The same amount of Fijian wingers, right? Yeah. So there's an indication of you know what, you know like Georgia are known for their set piece, their scrum. Like they'll get parity or if not dominance against some of these you know better tier one nations. But it's when it goes to their backs yeah. and they just you know they can't control it necessarily, and that's yeah. where they sort of uh, you know they, they they sort of whimper a little bit. But if you give them that, that exposure, oh, Georgia, Levan, I love our boy. Love Georgia. So that's what's happening in the eight nations, and now we sort of wait to see how the rugby championship unfolds. If South Africa do indeed come down here. We don't know what Argentina are doing at this point. Kind of looks unlikely that Probably they might head out here. I know. So many COVID issues. Yeah. Uh, so the talk now is Japan could replace Argentina. And we talk about time zones and how great Japanese rugby is from the Australian sort of point of view and Australasian point yep. of view to get involved. And they did so well at the, yeah. the World Cup last year. I, I think it would be a great decision. Regardless of what happens with South Africa and Argentina, this is probably a year to try and consider some flexibility to get them in because we know that a lot of the Australians are going back up to Japan to start training in pre-season. So well, they all went last week. Yeah. 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 So, so they're back training. They're back ready to go. Yeah, I'd love to see them in. We spoke about last week, this COVID thing, you know, like it's, whilst it's not been great for a lot of things, one thing it has been good for is for us to start to, I guess, open our minds a little bit in the traditional yeah. ways that we played our competitions or our games and, and sort of start to be open to other ways around it, you know, like the eight, eight nations. Mm perhaps having Japan in, in the yep. rugby championship instead of Argentina. Just, but just start to open our minds a little bit rather than being so stuck in our ways and having that sort of old rugby traditions that's got to be yeah. like this, like yeah. always be like this until the you know until the day's done. So I, I, I kind of like that COVID started to do that a little bit. It's accelerated the change that probably yeah. we yeah. might have seen in five years' time, whereas now we're maybe going to see it in this year or going into We'd next rather year. see five teams in the rugby championships play each other twice than yeah. four teams play each other three times. You know? yeah. And we're not getting bored of the rugby championships but because it's evolved over time, but at the same time, we have room for change and now's the right time to do mm. it. Yeah. Gone but not forgotten, where we remember some of our favourite rugby players for their efforts both on and off the field. Sean Maloney, who we got? Owen Mellon Finnegan this week, the world's biggest head, <laughs> <laughs> delivered one of the most iconic moments in mm. rugby history for me when yep. he scored that World yeah. Cup. Ceiling try off the, the back line, of Greaves. Go for the line, man. But you guys know him a little better than I do. Well, just after he won the World Cup in '99, so he, his wife is Pat Fibbs' sister, so he's about maybe 10 years older than us. So mm -hmm. we grew up like thinking how good this Owen yeah. Finnegan. Like he went to our school, he played for Randwick. We just finished our HSC, and he came and had a beer with us at the pub as soon as we finished. Like it was a week after he won the World Cup final. I reckon he just landed. Yeah. And he came. It was just unreal at the time. But then. I got to play with him, but then at Randwick, of course, and a couple of years after I got to play against him, I was never really looking forward to playing against him. You love playing with him because you saw yeah. what he used to do and say, but he had a highly intelligent game. Like, he was a guy that, you know, got, got nabbed for a lot of penalties, but got away with far more, but he was such a big body. I remember one time running from a line out, I just 
the Brumbies versus Waratahs. It was my first game against the Brumbies. I just tripped him from, I might have even reached over to trip him to make sure I got him. <laughs> and I heard Bill Young and Jeremy Paul, his teammates, like laughing at him, going, oh, oh mate, he got you. And I could just hear, I'm gonna fucking get you, Halsey. <laughs> and I kind of had me worried. And the next line out, I remember, I think he grabs, tackled someone, got him to the ground. And it was almost like he'd spent the, the next five minutes just trying to find me. And sure enough, it was when you could tap right. dance on someone. Yeah. And he got me. And as he just like jumping all over me, he's going, I told you I was going to get you. <laughs> and I had marks all over me. But I knew it was coming. And uh, yeah, I, I, he was honestly, as a kid, he was probably one of my favourite players yeah. like, at, yeah. at Randwick. I mean, he's, he's one of the Wallaby greats. I never actually got to uh, to play with Owen, except, um, what is it, 2018? <laughs> or was, 17 or 18? You know, when the Barbarians played against the Wallabies, but just going into that game, uh, the Barbarians were playing a classic Wallaby game yep. up, uh, up at sort of Lismore. Lismore. It was no, it was Lismore, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. But the night before we went into camp, uh, I, I commentated the Australian-New Zealand game, yeah. um, well, like in the, the panel stuff. Um, but then the next morning I had to get the first flight down to Melbourne to do an NRC game and then come back, right? So all, all my... <laughs> and you hadn't slept. I hadn't slept. Because it was a big... Yeah, Wallaby's won. Wallaby's won. Like, it was oh, when memory. they wore the Indigenous yeah. jersey. Like, it was a great night. <laughs> I had a big night. Put all my suitcase on, you know, the boys... Um, you know, the truck to go down to, Lis uh, down to Lismore. And I went down to Melbourne, did that game, went back up. And I finally got back to, we flew into Ballina and we're going past the Byron Bay Hotel. And they said, guys, we've been kicked out. Meet us back at the, it, was, it wasn't even a hotel. It was like, you know, a school camp. You got like A-frames and shit yeah. like that. And so I'm just like so exhausted. I don't know half the people in our team. There's some young guys, but also some classics and stuff. Owen Finnegan was the, the, the coach, right? You had to walk, remember, about 2K from the, from, the cab dropped you yeah, off. Yeah, from the cab dropped oh, us yeah. off. And I walk around and I, I like this, like this, like spotlight sort of grassed area and a couple of boys on the balcony and I'm getting close and I don't have great eyes, right? And so I'm getting close and I'm like, there's literally like someone's laundry all over like this grassed area in garden beds, in trees, on these like young players. I, like they were wearing my stuff. I didn't even like, you know, like I had yeah. gifts to my nieces and stuff. It, like it was everywhere, right? My, my suitcase, it was actually, it was my laundry. They up, <laughs> Owen Finnegan upturned my suitcase and they said, get into it, boys. Owen thought it was a good idea for everyone to put a piece of Drew's clothing on. And I, I sensed this hours earlier that Drew yeah. was not in the mood for this. <laughs> it had been a long two days. Now I'm actually rummaging around trying to get all of his stuff out of different bushes. And he doesn't have good eyesight, but I have good eyesight. And I could see his eyes and he was, he was oh, filthy. Mate. But Owen was in no mood to negotiate any type of issue. He thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. Yeah, and I just I just sort of went and grabbed my shit and I was pulling off people's heads and he's like going around grabbing it and I was putting on a thing. I was fucking calling it for a night and just went in and I was steaming, mate. Like, I was sitting there going to bed just going, like, just blowing up. And then You hadn't played in two years as well. I, like, yeah, I hadn't yeah. played. I, I was the captain of that team. So I went in the next morning and I, uh, I said, look, I've got to say something before we start. I said, look, <laughs> We're all here for fucking nothing, like, off our own bats. No one's getting paid nothing. Like, we've got to have a level of respect for each other, right? Like, cause that's bullshit. I had a fucking shit night and I come in and our coach, like our fucking coach, had upturned my, my suitcase. And he goes, yeah, sorry, mate. Thought it was funny. I went, what part of that was funny, mate? Like, cause obviously I'm still seething about it. I was like, what part of that was funny? Like, but you I know what, to that. be fair, it was a coaching master trope cause Drew was angry for two days straight. Yeah. And he went out and played one of the best, he hadn't played for 18 months, but played one of the best games I've seen him play. Putting shots on Taniela Tupou. Like he was really fired up. That, that classic Wallabies, bunch of old guys, retired players, and half a dozen young kids almost beat the Barbarians, which is full of Tamil Tupo, yeah, yeah, Jack yeah. Maddox. Yeah. It was, yeah. I think we lost by a try in the end. Yeah, I mean, look, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got some really fun, and then, then some testing moments from, uh, from Owen, but 
I mean, did some great things in the Gold Jersey, but also doing some great things now after the kids' cancer. Yeah, the kids cancer. So the funny thing is, I think every single person that played with him and even doing post-match yeah. afternoon speeches with him, yeah. they'd have a similar story well, yeah, see, of yeah. Owen being silly Owen. And, yeah. and see, that the thing is, I had no context before it, so I, I didn't know that that's just Owen, right? Yes. And I was just like, I was just fuming. <laughs> if you weren't so big, I'd have my first fight right now. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Owen. <laughs> Let's dive into the Aussie Rugby Show mailbag brought to you by Extra Hop. Yeah, Extra Hop stops breaches 84% faster. Check them out at extrahop.com. Uh, this week, speaking about faster, that's the perfect oh, segue into this that. week's first question on the mailbag front. Uh, Drew, it's landed via my WhatsApps from a guy that Hoyles and I know very well. It is Carlin Isles oh, all the way from the express. USA. Here we go. Carlin Isles for you, Mr. Mitch. Hey guys, this question is for Drew. Apart from me, who are the two fastest guys you've ever seen on the field? <laughs> what about that? Good. So apart from me. Yeah. Well, um, who's quicker than Carlin? Well, Perry Baker. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. You better apologize. I'm joking, I'm joking. Come on, that was a little, just a cheap one. That was a little cheap one. Um, you know what? I think uh, a young Brian Havana was quick. He was yeah. express. Um, just... I think towards the back end, I mean, I had him covered at Toulon, but <laughs> he was on one knee by that point. He also was a bit bigger up top. He was carrying a bit more bulk. But he was, like when I first started playing against him, he was absolutely express. Um, and then I think another one for a different reason, I think more rugby quick, would be Shane Williams. Yeah. Oh, Small okay. guy, really quick turnover of his feet. But I don't know, he just I think because he didn't have such the long stride, he could just change his, his direction, like on a 10-P ten, ten piece. You see what I did there? I like 10P. it. 10-P. Um, but yeah, I always had uh, trouble against him in terms of the, that acceleration he had. he had. He had like rugby quick, whereas Brian Abena and you know these other guys have got top end flight, which unfortunately I saw too often as well. Who was the quickest uh, wallaby that you guys had very quickly? Oh, it would I have think, been the I fastest. Think Lottie in his early days yeah. probably was. Oh, Clyde Rathbone probably had the out now. Yeah, he, he had the power. power off yep. the yeah, start. and then he got riddled with injuries. So I think That's forward wise, the fastest you I would have come across is probably Hoops. But, yeah, you know, he yeah. just yeah. had yeah. Speechman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speechman down here with Drew. Um, <laughs> and then other forwards who had a bit of pace. Surprisingly, Huey Edmonds had good pace. Like yeah. he, he could hit high nine meters per second. Okay, which was really quick for a guy who was in horrendous condition. Like he was. <laughs> what do you mean, boss? Is no, he could. Oh, nice. I miss Carlin too. Mm. Yeah. I miss you, Carlin. Thanks for the yeah, shout, buddy. That was nice. Point, right? He's a champion. Yeah. Carlin's Thanks, a champion. Man. I love when he goes, woo. He loves it. Let's go try and go, woo. He loves it. Next. So good. Uh, some questions from Twitter when Luke Barrow first up. What does the panel think of a knockout club tournament a la FFA Cup style involving sides from every state and territory? I really like the concept. Just got to be careful in rugby with what levels you play other teams at. Mm. In soccer, you can do it but you've always got the safety of a scrum yeah. and whatnot. So if you, for example, a put a first-grade side up against the first-grade Neil Awara yeah. or a Subbies... Or a Camwell Cup yeah, team. You, yeah, you run the risk of guys not being prepared. But it's, you could play them off in their own divisions and the best push through. Yeah. But I love the way they're thinking. Something it's like that would be awesome. Would be, would would set, set something like a sevens, sevens would be better absolutely, to that? Absolutely, easily, yeah. yep. You could easily do that. I think it could work, even a 15s format could work. Mm. It was between first-grade sides only. I'd yeah. have to say, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Subbies and all different divisions wouldn't be able yeah, to compete against the first grade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, next one from Joshua Smith, also on Twitter. What would need to change to bring back or retain our best players in Australian rugby? Uh, I just don't think we're going to get it. I just don't think we, we've got to... I think we've got to get past that mindset. I think if you look at it... We've spoken about it before. You look at uh, the A-League and, and uh, the Socceroos, they pick 
they're, they're a team that's got a, a complete national setup here with eight or nine teams. Yeah. And they still pick from anywhere around the world. It's a global game. So you've got to allow people to chase opportunities and also seek like better their, their professional development by playing elsewhere as well. And I think we've got to get to that point where like we've got we've got four teams, five teams professional here in Australia. There are great opportunities, not just for the top tier players, but for the young ones coming through. And if they're still available and they're playing the best and they're still Australian eligible, then we should be able to pick them. Yeah. And I, I know it's probably, it'll cut us a little bit at the knees in terms of our domestic competition, but I think overall, it'll just start, like we talk about depth, we've got great depth. We've got great depth, it's just not all here in Australia. We've got to start mm. getting past, we've got to take the blinkers off thinking mm. everything should just be Australian focused yeah. because we've got some so many great Australian players, some that are starting their career, some that are finishing their career and some in between, but they're playing overseas and I just think we've got to take the blinkers off a little bit and sort of broaden our horizons to, to, to allowing them to play. One of the fears with initially all these players going overseas is that they won't stay in shape, you won't be able to see what sort of physical condition they're in. Yeah. That's kind of changed in the last five years. Most sides have got their act together overseas. All the UK sides yeah. do, all the Japanese sides do. They've all got great facilities and strength and conditioners. If we want to keep the best here, I think the only way we can do it is by having less teams and more money per squad. So instead of having a salary cap for five million or six million for four or five teams, you make the salary cap seven, eight or nine million, yeah, yeah. which is on par with what a rugby league salary cap is to get all those Will Skelton's, Rory Arnold. So you actually go, you know what? They're not going for money. They might choose to go for another reason, but money's not one of them. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, weekend forecast. Uh, we're going to focus on the Super Rugby AU semi-final this weekend. Reds hosting the Rebels up at Suncorp Stadium. What do you think? Uh, I reckon Reds. Yeah. I reckon the Reds are the favourites now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I think yeah. Reds are favourites. For the whole tournament? For the yeah. whole thing, yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. Well, they went close to the Brumbies in that. Yeah. Uh, we'll touch more on it next yeah. week because I think they'll get through this week. But uh, I think Reds, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I can see why you say that. I also think the Brumbies kind of went in there last week knowing what a player would be like. Mm. Essentially playing for nothing. I just yeah. don't want to get injured. I've got a final to play. They probably would have kept test some season stuff back. Half plays. Yeah. yeah, they would have pulled a few tricks out of the playbook. Uh, I don't see the Rebels. I mean, you're not picking the Rebels, so... I'm not going to pick the Rebels. <laughs> well, they beat the Force by four points and they're you know, yeah, yeah, down yeah, to 14 yeah. men for the last 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go Reds and then I'll probably reassess, but I, I do think the Brums are following week. Yeah, I think the Reds will, will beat the Rebels. I just I just hope it's a good contest. I think the Rebels, like we've, we've mentioned a couple of times, they weren't at their best on the weekend, but they did enough to get through. Maybe maybe the playoffs is where they like, they play their best footy. Like yeah. we haven't seen it yet. They might just yeah. find a leg. And just Remember go, eight what? years ago when they had that draw at Brookvale Oval, which yeah. was actually like six weeks ago. But I'm saying like, <laughs> oh. it was like eight years ago because it feels that long. Because of the COVID, because of the COVID, it was actually like six yeah. Yeah. weeks ago. I said yeah. Yeah. At Brookvale Oval. Man of the match. Who should pick for that game? I like that. Go. Oh, James O'Connor. I, I think he's been controlling things really well. Nice. He's, he's got some attacking weapons inside and outside. Also, I'm liking how how wide and loose uh, Teniel Tupo's playing. Yeah. Like, you see that ball, that, that that little line that he, like, he, he, he took the ball that wasn't really meant for yeah. him. James O'Connor went to play back inside to, to one of the outside backs. I think it might be Jock Campbell. But Teniel just put this, like, beautiful little line off the back of the ruck. And uh, it ended up being forward, but not because of him, just the ball drifting yep. forward. But just making himself available, giving options to, to people. I, he's strong, but I think James O'Connor is going to be man of the match. I'll go Tate McDermott. I think he's oh, been yep. yeah, classy. I'll go Wilson, just so I can say, Wilson! <laughs> just quickly on Tate McDermott. How good was that, that uh, running down Tamita Kuhn? Oh, oh, yeah. And, and the tackle before? How embarrassing you are. You Tamita, we've all been there. Like, we've all been there where you, just, you, you bumble it or something. Like, Bobble it, um, bumble yeah, and he it. Sort of, <laughs> and, he sort of, and he kind of gave it the fake. Yes, yeah, scored it. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, sorry, the team train. Sorry, K-Train. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah, dice. It should be a, a great game on the weekend. Another great show, guys. Yeah, Sean Maloney. Wrap up. I thought he was a bit rusty, but maybe he's nervous <laughs> in his own backyard. He's getting lost around. Yeah, exactly. Good spot. Yeah. Good areas. Thanks for coming down to Manly. Guys, thank you very much, Drew Mitchell. Thank you thank to you, you as well. Thanks to your company. Check it all out on Rugby Pass. We're a podcast as well, so make sure you go to all the places that you get all the good podcasts from. Subscribe. Check it out, and we'll see you next time. That's it. Don't forget to subscribe to stay on top of the show with new episodes dropping each week. And remember, if moving pictures are more your thing, you can catch the show at rugbypass.com or via the Aussie Rugby Show on YouTube. Like, follow, subscribe, tell your friends, your uncle. You know the drill. See you next week.